Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Series 2. It's episode 2. We're in Nottingham for Wood Lara Fight Week and the countdown is well and truly on. I'm your host Jamie Ward, joined as always by producer Scott Hamilton and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. One of the world's hottest talents, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, joins us to preview his upcoming shot at the WBO World Flyweight title. He's popular. He's Coventry zone. Aaron Bowen is under the spotlight this week ahead of his pro debut on Saturday night. Cal Yafai looks to leap for Craig Richards in our alias apron challenge and talks brother Gamal's return this Saturday. Olympic silver medalist Pat McCormack. He runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week. And Liam Paro and Robbie Davis Jr. are on the line together to speak for the first time, trade a few verbals that's coming up on the ink is dry you don't want to miss that so don't go anywhere well next month in liverpool march the 11th liam paro and robbie davis jr do battle it's an intriguing fight perhaps a crossroads fight for both and one neither man can afford a setback in liam an explosive knockout last time out in brisbane now you're heading to robbie davis jr's backyard you just said just before we started there you can't wait to get over to the uk some say it's a fight you don't need to take. So why have you decided to take this fight at this stage? Mate, I love fighting. That's it. I want to keep busy. And if I can't get past Robert Davies Jr., I believe I don't deserve a title shot. So um, I'm keen to get over there. Full respect to him. It's going to be a hell of a fight, you know. My last fight was a first-round knockout. I believe Robert Davies is a bit tougher than that. We'll test that. But, um, man, I'm keen to get it on over there. And, uh, yeah, first time in the UK. For you, Robbie, you, you win this fight. You take... Everything that Liam's worked so hard to get, his world rankings, you close in on a world title shot yourself. How much did that factor into the decision from your side, the Davis Jr. camp, to, to take this fight with Liam, Rob? Well, we've been waiting for the type of fight. Um, and when this one landed on our lap for us, it was the perfect opportunity. Just knew, win with Liam, you're right back in the mix with all the top boys. Whereas I've been in his position before, if you, if you remember. I had all the rankings. I was top five in the world. And I went to someone's back garden and it didn't work out for me. And I feel like this is like roles reversed now. When I went to Ritten's back garden, it's the same thing, really. Well, as fighters, Liam, I'll come to you first on this one. You say, Robbie, you think's a bit tougher than, than what the last fight against Brock will be. What do you think of Robbie? He's used the word experience. We know he's boxed at a good level. He says you've not, not boxed anyone on his level. You've not been in waters as deep as these. Are you viewing this as, as your toughest fight so far? Uh, look, he's saying I've never fought people like him, but I've looked at his resume. He's never fought an undefeated fighter. There's one thing I'm going to bring to the tables. I don't know how to lose. So uh, he's going to see what it's like to be in there with a really hungry, young, up-and-coming fighter, man, that wants that title shot. You know, they breed him tough in Liverpool, man. So uh, I'm keen to get over there and have a proper scrap with him. I know it's going to – he's tough as, man, 100% he is. He's um he's showcased that in fights. So let's make a cracking fighter, man. I'm um, coming over there to get the job done. I'm not letting I'll this give, guy uh, wreck my title intentions. No way. I'll give I'll give him that. Like he is the only unbeaten fighter I've fought, but also the fighters I've fought have been in with real champions and fought for titles. Whereas Liam's only fought for vacant belts and being on his home his home soil, just doing everything in his in his own way. Where I've had to go to people's back gardens. I've been the beast dad many a times, and that's why you've got to, that's why my record's the way it is i've had to take short notice fights but now it's all on my turf on on my on my resume on on my way back up to the top 
Are you his toughest fight? But, um, be on, on paper and you will be in the ring, do you think? Am I his toughest fight or is he my toughest fight? Are, are you the toughest man that, that Liam Poro's been in with so far? Um, I can't say I've looked through his whole record, so I couldn't go with that. But on paper, in terms of credentials and, and what I've achieved and who I've fought, I think I do believe I, I will be his hardest fight. And what about him as a fighter? We know, you know, as as Liam said, he's unbeaten. He's hungry, very ambitious in this game. As a fighter, are you impressed with him, Robbie? Or is it same old? Is it anything you've not seen before? What do you think of Liam Poro? Yeah, he's a good boxer. Obviously, he can hit a bit. Seeing what he's done to Brock Jarvis, um, caught him cold, knocked him out. Um, as a southpaw in terms of, like, boxing and things like that, he doesn't do anything that I haven't seen before over my career. But um, he's a good fighter, yeah. Heading over to the UK, Liam, like we've talked about, in, into the Lions Den, excited. Um, I don't think you, you're going to get the warmest of receptions when you stood on that ring walk ramp and, you, and you're making your way into the ring. But why is that not something that bothers you and perhaps even excites you? It's not, man. That's what makes you a true champion. All the big champions gone, everyone else's backyard and got the job done. I feel the pressure's on Robbie in this fight. It's his hometown. It's his, I feel it's his last shot of getting title intentions. So the pressure's all on him. No, um... I'm just young and hungry, man. I'm going to show that. You know, it doesn't matter where I am. I perform under pressure. Um, yeah, man, I'm just keen to get the job done. You know, like, man, like you said, he's going to be my toughest fight. But the 23 people before that have also said the same thing. So it's good to put that confidence. Every fight is going to be confident. You know, you hear all the stuff before, but, man, come fight night, I'm going to get my hand raised for sure. Rob, if, uh, if Liam isn't aware, we know it's always a partisan crowd on Merseyside. What do you think he's in for? Yeah, I think it'll be very hostile. Um, I don't think it'll be like a, a crowd he's ever been in with before. Also believe everything will start getting to him when he finally gets over here. He'll start feeling he'll start feeling it. He'll start feeling the pressure. Whereas he feels the pressure's on me, I feel it's on him. He's the young up and coming with everything to lose. He's the A side, even though it's in my city, he's the champion. He's the one with the ranking, he's the one with everything to lose, not me. So I feel the pressure's on him more than it is on me. But like you said, man, I'm young. Worst case I know it's not going to happen, but I, I can rebuild. I feel like you're at, coming to the end. This is your last shot, so you know just the, the fact, You know that. Just, you know the pressure's on you. Just but, the um, fact. Just the fact that you've just said rebuild that shows me that it's already in your head. You just no you way, just, man. You. But there's one the, thing. There's one thing in boxing you're better than me at, and that's knowing how to lose. You've done it three times. I don't know how to lose. You. You. So just mentioned the you just mentioned then rebuilding. That's already so. It's already played a part in your head. Never, I know mate. Never, mate. never, mate. You're never going to get in my head, trust me. I'm stronger-minded than you. I, I've I never lost. I, I've never... I didn't even say anything. You said it. I'm saying worst-case scenario, man. I'm saying worst-case scenario. you you got no time to rebuild. Well, the I'm pressure's glad on you. You're trying to say the pressure's I'm on me. Glad, no way. I'm Absolutely no way. Of the worst-case scenario. The you. We both know you've got the pressure on. I, I didn't feel okay. the worst-case scenario. You've already thought of it. You must have spoke about this with your team. On a worst case scenario, where Never. I've not even thought about Never. that. <laughs> I'm glad, but keep bringing that same confidence. But that's what we need. There, I need your confidence in the ring. Need you bring a hundred percent. Believe me, it won't you know the pressure's on. We both know the pressure's on you. We both know. Oh. I've got nothing to lose here. You've got nothing to lose. You've got everything to lose. You've got the you've got the ranking. You've got the belt. You've got everything to lose. Another step on my stride. Another notch in the belt. Going where I know where I belong at the top. You've got everything to lose, not me. Just keep remembering that. No, we'll see. Liam, you can punch. We know that. We, we've seen it. Your record suggests it. 
in front of his people then, based on what you've just said, do you believe you, you take Robbie Davis Jr. out in front of his home crowd, in front of his friends and family in Liverpool? Look, man, I never look for the knockout. You know, if it comes, it comes. If you look for the knockout, it will never come. Um, I'm willing to go 12 rounds, whatever it is, man. I'll fucking, I'm ready. If it's a boxing clinic I'm, I need to do, that's what I'll do. But I, like I said, man, I respect Robbie Davis. He's a legit fighter. Um, it's not going to be a walk in the park like Brock Jarvis. This guy's legit. And I think he's going to be a hell of a fight, 100%. We're both hungry. You can hear it here in the, in this conversation. So, man, the crowd's gonna the crowd's gonna be in for a big fight, and I'm excited to get over there and do it. Robbie, not getting beat in front of the friends, in front of the family. Is that not something that's happening? On, not on the agenda. Yeah, it's not on the agenda to lose, especially in Liverpool. Like as you know, I've been to other people's back gardens, and sometimes the decisions haven't went my way. But this time, in front of my hometown, my home family, friends, everyone, all coming out for me. This is one that. I, I can't. There's no setbacks. This is this is the one. Robbie, do you think deep down, uh, Liam's saying that, that you know he's taking you seriously? But I know we've spoke to fighters before who are unbeaten. They have this air of invincibility about them that that Liam, you know, Liam carries himself with, with a lot of confidence, and rightfully he should at this stage of his career. But do you think deep down he's he's looking beyond this level? And it, and if he is doing that, what might that mean? I think as a champion um, coming over to my back garden, I can't see him looking past me because. This is what I was saying before. He knows he's got everything to lose before he's got everything to gain. And I, I think he, I think if he was to not take me seriously, would be his would be his own would 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 be his own undoing. And when that bell does ring, Liam seconds out round one, hostile crowd or not, Robbie says that every time he fights someone, it's always life and death. They have to go to hell and back if they are going to beat Robbie Davis Jr. What are you willing to do, Liam Paro, to win this fight? Man, true fighters, we're willing to leave it all in the ring. You know, it's a risk we take. And uh, I'm on the same journey as him, man. I want to be the fucking best. So I'm willing to leave everything in there as well. You know what I mean? Um, that's what we do. We put our life on line every time we step through them ropes. So whatever it may be, if it's a war, man, I'm ready for anything. I'm always ready. I want to prove myself worldwide. And this is a perfect way to do it. And Robbie, for you, your, your Prediction heading into this fight, what is the uh, what's in the mindset of how you believe you beat Lee and Paro? What's your message? I've just got to go in there and do what I do, and I'll get the win. Um, from the way it goes, it's gonna be it's gonna be menacing from round one. I leave this uh, this opportunity for both of you. Final message uh, until the pair of you meet in fight week. What do you have to say to each other? Perhaps a a message of good luck to train hard. Yeah, hundred percent. Just hope everything's going good. I want you at, the, at your total best, hundred and ten percent. I want the best, Robbie Davies Jr. And man, let's give the crowd what they want. Let's give it a hell of a fight. Yeah, I agree. I'll see you on March 11th. Great stuff, boys. We can't wait for this fight. Liam Poro, Robbie Davis Jr. in Liverpool, live on the zone, March 11th. Do not miss this one. Well, delighted to be joined by Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Bam, welcome to the show. First of all, how are you? How's life? I'm hopeful that the weather is nicer where you are compared to where it is over here because <laughs> miserable uh yeah, well, first, my friend how's yeah. first of all i appreciate you guys um for having me on this podcast it's a blessing to be here but you know life has been good training camp has been going good i had some time off from the sport and i came back very hungry to start the training camp so april 8th i'll be ready to go well talk to us about that about the little bit of time off i mean some fighters will always talk to you about soul searching about having a little bit of a reset a bit of time to process the journey they've been on assess the direction they want to move in um what can you tell us about how it's been from from your perspective and like you say how are you feeling heading into 2023 
Yeah, um, well, after 2022, it was a very busy year for me. I feel like I definitely needed the time off that I took. And I came back a very hungry fighter for this training camp. And on my time off, I was just really enjoying life. I got away from the sport. So when I came back, I was I was reborn, and I feel like I'm fresh to go for April 8th. Well, you got a chance now to, to win a world title in your second weight category in just what would be your 18th fight, April 8th, of course. Why have you decided now... Was the, the time to, to move down in weight and, and what sort of differences, benefits you think we'll see because of that? Yeah, um, well, it was always uh, my plan and my coach's plan to win um, titles from one away up. But then I got a, a late notice call to fight Quadras at 115. So that's why we stuck there for a few fights. But, you know, it was still our plan to win uh, multiple titles in different divisions. So that's why we moved back down to 112 and... As far as being in one toe, I feel like I'm gonna be a lot stronger just because, you know, those three pounds, they're gonna they're gonna play a factor and I feel like I'm gonna be stronger than I was at one fifteen. What can you tell us about your dance partner, the man in the opposite corner, Christian Gonzalez? Uh what do you know about him yeah. and what sort of fight are you expecting as well, Bam? Um, I know he's a very good fighter. He only has one defeat, I believe. Um, I've seen a little clip. I haven't seen too much of him. I know he likes to box a little, but I mean, I'm ready for whatever he brings. Whether he wants to box, whether he wants to brawl, I'm, I'm ready for it all. I think one thing I've been so impressed with you, Bam, I think we we did a sit-down uh, Canelo fight week when, when I came over to Vegas. Uh, just the, the confidence, the way you carry yourself for such a young man. I suppose no matter who you're in the ring with at this stage, you, you believe you're, yeah. you're going to beat everyone, right? Yeah, of course. Um, As a boxer, that's, a, that's the, com the confidence you need. If you don't have that confidence, then you can have all the skill in the world, but... It's, it's not gonna it's not gonna mean anything you need to have confidence you need to have self-belief and every time they throw me a name i'm ready to get in there with whoever and i'm sure uh people have said to you that you've got such a a wise head on such young shoulders i suppose when you, when you think what when you're when you're 30 you've got years and years down the line i mean you're, you're going to be in such a good position from the experience you're banking at such a young age aren't you yeah of course um a lot of people, well, a lot of boxers don't get this kind of opportunities until, you know, their late 20s. But I was able to, I was blessed enough by Metroom to get an opportunity at just 22 years old. So all the knowledge I'm picking up, it, it just, it means everything to me. And I'm, I'm very blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And despite obviously holding the WBC in the division above, you're now aligning yourself, uh, trying to win the WBO world title. Was there any talks to be installed as mandatory? I know that's sometimes the case for, for Julio Cesar Martinez moving down. Yeah, of course. Um, there was talks of that, but then the WBO it opened up when Snakatani vacated, so we we jumped on that right away. And a unification would be bigger than just jumping into a, a WBC fight with Martinez. We're talking about unifications. I guess they're very much a real possibility for 2023. One man, Sonny Edwards, he holds the IBF belt. Bam, you got to come over to the UK at some point. We all want to see you. <laughs> We've been out. We've been blessed yeah. to be able to watch you ringside uh, over in the states. But is that on the agenda to come over here? Because I think the UK fans would love you, mate. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, there's lots of talk of it already, and um, me and Sunny Edwards will be an explosive fight, a great fight that the fans would love to see. And I mean, I, I've been getting messages and tweets that people from the UK want to see me fight over there against Sunny Edwards. So I'm very, I'm very open to making that happen. We're also joined on the line by Matram's uh, Head of Fighter Development, Kevin Rooney. Kev, how are you, mate? Good, good. Hey, guys. Good to have you on. Um, just talking about the the Edwards fight there in the UK, I mean, obviously uh, Bam's going to say yes and will want to do that. But is that sort of in the plans for, for Bam in the in the short to, to medium term? Yeah, I think, you know, as Bam said and, and 
Robert has said, and Eddie, everyone's been vocal. I mean, the the fights for Bam are unifications. You know, what I mean, that's what everyone wants to see for him. He's not looking to take a step backwards. Um, you know, so if it's L. Ray, if it's Sonny Edwards, um, but yeah, no, I think there's a desire from everyone on the matching side and everyone on on Team Bam side to to do a fight over in the UK. And if you're going to go over there, you know, why not? You know, you'd look to unify there and. It would be exciting, you know what I mean? A lot of people believe Sonny's the best in the division, but, you know, we're very confident that we have the best 112-pound fighter in the division in Bam and El Ray right there as well. So if it happens over there, that's great. You know what I mean? There's a, a an appreciation for boxing over in the UK, and to bring Bam over there and to, to unify would be huge. Just before we pass back over to, to Bam, um, April the 8th, the undercard is really shaping up now. Can you just tell us what we have announced so far, we have announced, uh, in addition to BAM, we have MJ uh, defending his unified title against Marlon Tapalis. Uh, it's his mandatory. It's in a very exciting fight. MJ was also on, on Jesse's car last time he fought in San Antonio. So nice little supporting act. We have Ray Ford, who's, you know, uh, right now, I believe, head and shoulders above any other prospect in boxing. It's It's hard to call Ray a prospect at this point. He's number three in the world in the WBA. He's rated in the WBO. He's rated in the IBF. Um, he's fighting Jesse Magdaleno. You know what I mean? That Jesse is, you know, was with top rank. He won a world title at 122 pounds. This is a huge, huge step up, you know, for Ray. But Ray's very confident in his ability. He Ray's wants the the, the Lars of the world. He wants the Lee Woods. He wants the Warrington. So, you know, we've kind of put it to Ray and just said, if if that's where you feel you're ready for it, you know what I mean? These are the, t- the type of fights that you need to take to to get to that. And he, no hesitation. He's like, yep, get me, the, get me the toughest guys possible. And, you know, even in the in the release we put out, he says Magdaleno is a step up to him. So it's going to be a great fight. And then we have Thomas Matisse, you know, coming back off off the heels of his sensational victory in, in November on the Montana Love Under card, taking on another guy, 16-0, and 0, 13 knockouts. Thomas is is similar to, to Ray in that sense, where he's like, get me the biggest fights, the hardest fights. The fights are going to lead me to a world championship. You know what I mean? He's, he's so appreciative of what we've been able to do for him so far. And he's like, look, I, you know, I feel like I'm a force to be reckoned with at 130 pounds, but I don't want to talk about it. Let me show you what I'm capable of. Capable of. And again, he's another guy that wants to hunt down a world title shot this year. So um, we're looking to announce the rest of the card, hopefully within the next week or so. Um, a lot of young, exciting prospects on the car. We also are looking to have a big name coming over from the UK. So hopefully we'll have that all wrapped up in the next month or so. Or sorry, the next week or so. Kev, was that all off the cuff? Because you are a fountain of knowledge, mate. That was, I'm very impressed. Uh, I'm reading the bout sheet, but... <laughs> yeah. You should do the press conference. Eddie Hearn move over. Let Kevin Rooney be the top no, take. That's what I say. No, 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 no. Uh, Kev, one name you mentioned there, and I'll put this name to both of you, Lee Wood. Obviously, we are in... Nottingham fight week. We're nearly there. A lot of build-up gone into this fight. Words have been shared at the press conference today. A question for both of you, Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara. Is it a fight you've been aware of in the build-up? And, and if so, how do you see it unfolding? Bam, That's we'll come to you first, mate. All right. Um, That fight, honestly, I, I've only seen Lee Wood fight one time against Michael Conlon, and I know that was a, an all-out war. And Bronco Lara, he brings that same energy that Conlon does. So I'm expecting a very exciting fight, but I'm going to have to favor Lara on this one. You, Kev, you back in the it's, I mean, it's, it's such a tough one to call because you know if you if you dissect it and you if you look at it from a boxing standpoint, obviously Lee Wood is the much better fighter. 
Um, you know, and what, you know, uh, Ben Davison said today is, you know, what's, what is good about Lara is he's aggressive, but he leaves himself wide open. You know what I mean? And Lee can crack, you know, leaves obviously as you've seen in his last fight, carries that power all the way until the 12th round. So it's going to be interesting. You know what I mean? If who catches who first, if, if Lara catches Lee Wood flush, you know what I mean? He's been dropped before. He's been hurt before. So, but I mean, look, he's, if he, from, from Lee's standpoint, if he's just going to sit there in the pocket and look to, to pick Lara apart, Lara's swinging these big wide shots. It's going to be interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's whoever lands first. Um, but I, it's a very intriguing fight. Uh, you know, I'm close with both guys, but Jesse picked Lara. I'm going to go with Wood. Well, I'm, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm going with, with the Brit, obviously. I think there's methods to the madness. We're calling this fight dance with the devil. I think we're going to see a disciplined Lee Wood, and I think I'm the only man in the world who thinks it's going to go 12 rounds. So I guess I said this to Scott last week. I guess this is why we love the sport. Hey, guys, all these questions. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just a quick one um, for, for you, Jesse. Your uh, your brother came so close to unifying in Japan on New Year's Eve. Will he get the rematch? What, what's the latest on that front? Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, I just saw on Twitter yesterday, Um, it was announced pretty much that they're going to rematch in the summer uh, back in Japan. Happy days. That's great stuff. We, we just actually had Pat McCormack yeah. on a little bit earlier on, Olympic silver medalist from Tokyo. And wherever he goes, his brother's there with him. We've obviously got Gamal Yafai on this car, big part of a fighting family. It's amazing, really. And I suppose for you, it's no different to be able to be on this journey with someone so close to you who's been with you from the very start. Um, it must be amazing to have someone like that in your corner with you. Yeah, having my brother, um, you know, just in training camp with me or even outside of boxing, just having him around me, it's, it's everything to me. Um, we're blood. We have the same parents. So to have him here in training camp in Riverside, um, I mean, we're the only ones out here that, you know, are related to each other. So, so having him around is just more motivation, more fuel to the fire. And I mean, I, I, I love having my brother around when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in camp and even back home. Bam, we can't wait to see you back in action, back at home as well on April 8th. What's your final message, Bam, for the fans, this new dawn, the new chapter of the, in the career yeah. of Rodriguez? What can we expect to see from you, my friend? Uh, April 8th, um, tune in to the zone or ca catch some tickets, watch me win my world title, my second world title, my second division at only 23 years old. It's going to be an explosive night and it's going to be a, a night to remember for sure. Some man, so many exciting nights to come. And a special thank you to, to Kev Rooney as well. Kev, I've just had a quick word um, with Eddie and he says you can do the pressure in San Antonio, mate. <laughs> Maybe he'll let me do the one in, in Mexico. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep practicing my Spanish. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Two great guys. Thanks so much for coming on, boys. We'll speak to you soon. Right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I don't know why we always get these little makeshift studios. This time we are in the big media room where we, we did all our media-related content on the Wednesday of Fight Week, tucked away in the corner in the darkness. You're making it sound more glamorous than it actually is. <laughs> Media room, It's this is a function room, mate. We are tin pot. There's some dodgy carpet in here with some chairs stacked. There's empty water bottles lying around. But yeah, it's the Crown Plaza in Nottingham for fight week. Yeah, shout out Crown Plaza. Always good to be back here in Nottingham. I said to Eddie, we did a little piece with him today, which is going to go out on Friday, Inside Look. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Great sit down with, with Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara, all down the lens, powerful, emotional. I spoke to Eddie about what constitutes an event having a big fight feel. This fight has that, doesn't it? It ticks the boxes. Eddie said, you know, he thinks it's endless debate of the options of what is going to happen. And it doesn't seem that anyone can really put... If, they, if you ask someone to put their house in it, no one is that confident they can pick a winner in this main event. 
Absolutely not. I think I said it last week. I could see any outcome, and I wouldn't be surprised. Which sort of backs up what Eddie was saying. Uh, I loved your shout last week and your, you know, your explanation for behind it. Uh, I listened to the pod back and kind of hit a note, you know. And I think that that sort of tactical side uh, from Ben Davison makes makes it interesting. You know, uh, you alluded to the fact he's a uh, quite an astute tactician, shall we say? And we hinted at it earlier on. We we managed to catch a little glimpse of a, a final pad session earlier. Yeah, it's just so many potential outcomes. It's I, I honestly do think it will be as explosive as people are making out. Well, Ben's very big on scenarios, and that's something I've talked about before. And obviously, with Ben as well in season one, you should go back and, t- and listen to that interview. You know, he, and he mentioned the word scenario as well, didn't he, at the press conference today? And I just think that they're, they're like I said last week. God, I think there's methods to the madness. Like we watched Lara on the pads, scary watching him up close. Um, Sounded like gunshots going around, didn't it? Really it worked did, out yeah. yesterday. And I really loved the quote from Ben earlier. It was something along the lines of, in the midst of chaos yeah. comes opportunity. Yeah, and that was great. Yeah, it was quite... A, it's almost as if he's sort of premeditated that quote. Think he, he planned that? Yeah, no, do you yeah. think that was planned? That definitely wasn't we'll off the cuff. Him. Um, but no, <laughs> well, it was quite cool and it kind of summed it up quite well. Um, maybe we should do a little quote graphic or something. Yeah, I think mind. we should. I think we should. Well, Jamie, you was... Um, on the pitch at the city ground mm. a couple of days ago to, to launch fight week. Looked quite moody in there, obviously at night time, the floodlights on. What was the vibe sort of off camera? Mate, it was cool. Um, took a bit of back and forth, bit of planning, but Forrest had been great, um, very cooperative. They're, they're big supporters of Leewood and, you know, they're all on board to, to hopefully one day, as we all are, to, to stage a big fight at the stadium. You know, that's what, that's what we all want to see, is what Lee wants, is what they want, and it's what we want. And, yeah, we arrived at the ground Bit of a tension, you know, when Lara pulled in, Lee was stood in the car park, Lara got out of the car, there was a bit of a sideways glare, because I think they've only met very briefly when uh, Mauricio Lara boxed Josh Warrington, as you'll all remember, behind closed doors, uh, when was that, 2021? Yeah, it's the anniversary the other day. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and Lee, that was the night Lee would won the British title against Reese Mouldy's first fight with Ben Davison, the start of the run, really. So I think they'd met very briefly. Um, and, and Lee actually says, he said to me the other day that he feels responsible for Josh losing that night because he beat Reese Mould, of course, who was Josh Warrington's stable mate. And Josh was watching backstage, wasn't he? But we, um, yeah, we got them both on the pitch. The floodlights were on. It was interesting because they started facing off. They weren't really saying much. It was very intense, but they weren't really talking. Kieran Simpson, I'll shout him out. You would have seen Kieran in a lot of interviews. He's pound for pound, in my opinion, the best translator in the world. He's incredible. Um, and I was sort of saying to Kieran, like nudging him, going get Laura to touch the belt, get him to ask about the belt. And just as he went to do that and speak, that's when Lee actually went, where's the translator? And then started speaking to Laura. And um, no, it was great. Great way to start fight week. And it was very, it, it went pretty viral, didn't it? And I think it's just stoked the fires of anticipation that bit more for everyone. Yeah, the numbers were great on that. And I think, yeah, like you say, just a, a very short little teaser of what's to come this week. Uh, it be interesting to see what happens tomorrow or at today when th- this sort of goes out with, with both men making weight. I, th- I think it's the way in where it does always seem. It, the head-to-head, is that's usually the frostiest one, isn't it? Definitely. Well, let's make sure Kieran's on stage tomorrow <laughs> um, behind Maurizio so they can uh, exchange words. I can't believe that of all the fights that I've covered in, in my time at Matrim, the one where I've got a pre-booked stag do, is Leewood Mauricio Lara. I'm it, missing the fight after yeah. all this. Mate, it happens. We do have a, a life away from work. Like you say, I mean, how long ago was this stag do booked? Oh, a good while ago. And a future brother-in-law, so I couldn't really miss it. No. In fact, I couldn't miss it. Not gonna, even a really. Are you going to watch it? Well, if I bloody hope they've got DAZN in the Peak District. I mean, I'm going to have to find it. Well, if they haven't, DAZN.com, sign up. Just, yeah, got it. I'm missing it. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. Just um, just looking at some, some other news that we've had recently, 
it's been talked about, hasn't it? Canelo and John Ryder for for quite a while now. I saw Mark Coppinger reporting that it looks like the fight could even land in Guadalajara. That would be something special. I don't think Canelo's boxed there for a decade. I could be wrong, but it's, it's certainly been you know a long time. So it's um, a sports stadium, right? I think they've got three or four massive stadiums there. One of them's sort of forty four thousand capacity seat stadium. Um, I think you did four hundred thousand, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. The demand for wow. tickets you'd think would be huge and. It would be a huge ask for John. Look, let's not beat around the bush. He literally is going into the backyard. If that is, you know, said to be true, uh, you know, I don't have any insight at the minute or or intel uh, about where where this might happen. Uh, but hopefully, it does. You know, I think John deserves the shot at Canelo. Why not? You know, he's been on a great run. We've said it time and time again. One of the nicest guys in boxing deserves a payday as well. And good luck to him. What an opportunity! You never know in this game. No. Do you know what I mean? You never know. And John Ryder seems to rise to the occasion. As well, you know, many many people have different opinions on on the fight with with our good friend Callum Smith. But you know that that was a fight that that many people thought John won. You know, should he be going into this as you know as a as a world champion or a former world champion, depending on how things would have planned out? Obviously, he'd moved up and down between one six eight and one seven five. But you know, write him off at your peril. Yeah, look, I mean, is he he thinks he's getting Canelo at the perfect time as well? Exactly. Yeah, he said that when you um you spoke yeah. to him a couple of weeks ago down the gym. You know, why not? Funny things have happened. It's, it is a big ask, but why not? Hundred percent. All will. Uh, all wait with anticipation for, for any further news on that one. New signing alert. Uh, you were out in New York, Scott, for the Match of Radio podcast that was recorded with David Diamante. Belanga, the chosen one. Cool dude. <laughs> he is a cool dude. And I suppose, in a way, just following on from what we were talking about then, the, the law of Canelo may have been one of the deciding factors and why he's inked this deal with Eddie and, and Matchroom. Um, yeah, it was interesting recording the podcast. I wasn't aware that he, you know, he was joining Matchroom. He was obviously around and met with Golden Boy a couple of days earlier. But you know, he was certainly keeping his cards close to his chest. I think it was the day we recorded was the first day he met Eddie actually. So you know, it was still early in the the discussion sort of stage. But look, a very interesting character. Clearly has that marketable sort of look, appeal, and feel, and, and can talk a good game as well. And he can fight. You know, you look through his first you know, dozen fights, he blasted people out in the first round, went on some amazing streak, has gone the distance in his last couple of fights, but probably needed to to get those under his belt to, to show that he can do that. You know, he's got off the deck as well, so he, sh- he showed he's got heart, and very much someone who was in the mix uh, at Super Middleweight. So, yeah, very interested to see his, uh, his next move, and he's obviously got eyes on Canelo down the line. 100%, very, very exciting times. I do just want to take a moment to, to address the sad news that, that came out last week. Obviously, when the the last week's episode went was recorded, we were obviously unaware of, of any news, and that was all that all went out before the news was announced from from Ron Lewis's family that he had so sadly passed away. You know, we we've known Ron, or I've known Ron for for a few years now. Sort of bonded with him over the bubble shows when he he would come in. Um, we had a good couple of beers, a few nights. I, I think I made a big mistake one night by. I'd had a few beers, um, probably wasn't my finest night, and took it, decided to take him on in some sort of quiz. Um, he started quizzing me on fights and saying I was new in the game, and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, how about this? And when I think about my question I asked him, I was like, all right, who did uh, Anthony Joshua fight in his professional debut? And he almost <laughs> rolled his eyes and laughed at me. You know, and Obviously, he knew the answer. And, um, and obviously, you had a few beers. <laughs> obviously, I'd had a few beers, yeah. But I think, you know, speaking to people about how Ron had covered Anthony Joshua for a long time from the amateur days, all the way to to the present day, and I, I spoke to a lot of his colleagues and friends as well, who who felt it was quite fitting that you know the, the the last day he did cover the last fighter he did cover was Anthony Joshua. You know we, we were we were chatting to him as we always did 
at the press conference. Um, yeah, the very, day the day before. Very yeah. sad and, and and shocking news. Um, it's a big loss to the industry and all of our thoughts. Uh, Matram uh, go to to Ron's family, of course, and I thought it was a lovely touch from Boxer. You know, we know Ron was a, a big Queens Park Rangers fan. I thought it was a lovely touch from them where he where he would have been sat uh, for boxing scene, of course, at the Azim fight last weekend. A lovely touch from them to leave the shirt in in his place and. We're also going to be uh, paying our, our tributes to Ron as well this Saturday night. Check out the Fight Night program. I believe there's a digital version that will be released either either Friday or Saturday. Um, and there's a lovely piece in there um, in memory of Ron. Um, very sad loss to the industry, Ron Lewis. Well, it's great to have Cal Yafai on the Flash Knockdown podcast who joins us now. Cal, it's been a few months since your Abu Dhabi ring return, I guess... Mixed emotions, was it for you, looking back? How do you reflect on the night? And great to get the win, but you had to do it the hard way and, and your experience probably showed a lot in that fight. Um, how, do, how do you reflect on it all now? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was one of them where it was, a bit, it was a bit alien to me because it had been so long, almost three years out of the ring. No matter how, what you do, you know, I could be in the gym every day of the week for, for years and sparring and everything, but as soon as I got in there, I was like, whoa, okay. This feels weird. Um, but yeah, and then I got put down in the first round, um, tore my shoulder been, as, as I was getting dropped. And then, um, yeah, just had to grind out, grind it out somehow. I mentioned that, you know, perhaps the experience did did help you get through that fight. Certainly the the skill set as well. What do you think it was from, from your perspective? Do you put it somewhat down to heart and, and desire as well? How do you think you were able to, to come back and win the fight in the way you did? Yeah, I think I think it was a mixture of everything, really. Um, experience, um, the grit, heart. Um, yeah, it just showed. Obviously, I've been out the ring almost three years. Um, you know, some people might have thought I was just coming back for a payday, or you know, just um, just doing it for fun. But and and I would have probably just thought, you know, what, forget this after a couple of rounds. You know, just 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 give up basically. But no, I'm I'm in it to uh, be world champion again and. And I'll show how good I am in the next coming fight. Hang on, I'm going to pop this. Jamie, you've jumped straight in with a business chat, but congratulations are in order, Cal. How's uh, mother and baby? Thank you. Yeah, very well, thank you. They're very well. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm very happy. Congratulations, Cal. Um, for, for the listeners, I'm not allowing producer Scott to stitch me up there because we said that before we started this interview. So <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, no one hears that, Cal, I actually, Jamie. <laughs> I actually said to Cal, congratulations yesterday. So... But congratulations, Cal. The birth. I'll, give, of, uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how how is baby Alba, uh, Cal, and all the family? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Um, very happy, and yeah, it's. Um, I'm 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 glad everything went smoothly, and and now I concentrate on getting back in into training in the ring. Great stuff, mate. Good to hear. You, you mentioned about the desire to become world champion again. Do you still have? The mindset. Talk to us about about that ambition. You know, you, you said you had a long layoff. We know that you've come back. It was difficult, but you've won the fight. Do you feel like you have reset now? Just talk to us about the ambition to to win that world title once again. Because I, I suppose for you, that very much is still the goal, right? Yeah, hundred percent. The, the thing is, for me, is if if um if I never had that goal of being world champion again, I just wouldn't even box ever again. I wouldn't train. I wouldn't. You know, I I, sp- I spend you know week. Every week, Monday to Friday, I'm in Sheffield training. I've done that since since beginning of 2021, all the way until I fought in Abu Dhabi last year. So I wouldn't do that if I was just, you know, if I don't want to be world champion again, what am I going to do it for? Just for a few extra quid, it's not, um, not going to change my life massively. So 
I want to be world champion again. I want to, you know, I want to be able to, when I finish boxing, be a multi-weight world champion and, and create more history. Um, not for myself, not just for myself, but for my family as well. Well, in terms, um, do pretty well. In terms of um, when we can expect you back out, have you had any conversations with with, with the team? When, when are you hoping to be back out in the ring, Cal? Yeah, hopefully, you know, look around May time, May, end of May, it would be perfect for me. And in terms of family, you just mentioned there, the fighting family, the five brothers, of course, always great to catch up with all of you. Your yeah. brother, Gamal, back in action this weekend. He's won a European title. Win this, that will throw him straight back in the mix. Um, excited to see Gamal back in the ring and building forward this year as well? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, he's um, he's looking to build, build, look to fight, build, get some momentum and get into some big fights. Um, but obviously, all eyes on Saturday night and against um, a tricky customer from Argentina. And I'm sure... You know, he's, he's with a new training team, teamed up with Jamie Moore, who's um, he's, he's, um, a great trainer, even better person. But, um, yeah, I think I think they've gelled pretty well, and I think that'll show on Saturday. And for Galau, of course, only a couple of fights in, being fast-tracked as well, already won his first professional title. Just um, unbiased, Cal, as unbiased as you can. How how good? How good is your brother? I think... I, the thing is, I'm... Obviously, I'm always going to say he's unbelievable and he's great and all that. But you're not you're not an, you're not Olympic champion for nothing. If you're not if you if you're not red hot, you're not Olympic champion. And not only that, it's a manner that he won you know won the Olympics and you know knockdowns. And I think there's a Val Barker trophy. You know, it's, and I'm not just saying it because he's my brother, but it's either going to him or it's going to go to the Cuban uh, super lightweight. And, and they're the only two that can win it. And obviously, I'd say my brother deserves to get it in the manner that he done it. Well, one of the nicest families in boxing, no doubt. Always great to catch up with every single one of you individually and as a collective. I'll give, um, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that score on Saturday when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Top man, Cal. Cheers. Um, we come on now to uh, the business part of this conversation, the true business part, Cal. This is what we have called underneath the alias apron, which is a, a bit of a dodgy name, to be honest. I think that was Scott's idea, Scott. Can't knock it. I mean, L- look at the look at the ones from yesteryear. Bubble trouble. Yeah. Um, Cal's probably sitting on the sofa rolling his eyes now thinking <laughs> what the bloody hell I signed up for so, Listen, it's for charity it's for a good it's cause it's for charity it's for charity so essentially mate you get 30 seconds to name as many of the fighters as you can Scott's going to reel off the nicknames and um, yeah as many of you got after 30 seconds we'll add you to the leaderboard and the top the winner will receive a donation to a charity of their choice Cal are you ready we will start the timer if you are set to go, my friend. Ready when you are. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Bone Crusher. Who? Bone Crusher. Oh, um, Douglas. What's his name? Buster Douglas. Swifty. No. No, we'll come back to that. Stephen Smith, Stephen Smith. Correct. The Road Warrior. Um, no, no. You can pass if you want. Pass, pass, pass. El Gato. Jack Catterall. And the, and the other one was Glenn Johnson. Correct, you got them both. <laughs> the old mongoose. We'll give you I that. don't know, Pat. Time him, is up. Do you want to think one more? I just feel like the 30 seconds doesn't go very far. Yeah, that's part of the it, stitch up. But we'll give you, we give Craig Richards one more at the end. So yeah, we'll give you another like, one. So. I will just say, Cal, I think you've got two so far, right? 
I think the three actually. So well, this, is, this, yeah. this is to cement. Don't your try place. and do me over like that. <laughs> actually, you know what? Just just quickly, I, I listened back the other day. Craig Richards done himself an extra point. He done a bit of a screw job. He only scored two, and he said he got three. So oh, really? yeah, on countback, you are ahead of him already. But we'll give you one more. Um, let me pluck one out. The alias apron. Let's go for the Nigerian nightmare. Oh, bloody on. Uh, Samuel Pierre. He got it. Oh, oh I knew he'd be good. Scores four. I knew he'd be good at this. Top of the league. I mean... You know what? I think that's going to be hard to beat, you know. Cal, you've done a, you've done a lot in your journey as a as a top athlete, as a sportsman, but where where does this rank in your achievements? It's right up there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Fair play. I've got, 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 got a bit of so I'm just trying to get trying to get them out pretty quick <laughs> I think you did well mate I think you did well to be honest well Cal um, thanks so much for coming on look forward to catching up with you this weekend obviously wish your brother Gamal all the very best of luck in his ring return this Saturday you're a top man and congratulations again and we'll see you very soon thank you I appreciate it cheers Cal cheers Cal thanks mate alright you take care bye bye Well, joining us in the, the makeshift studio here in Nottingham is Coventry's own Aaron Bowen Aaron when you first sat down with us to announced you'd signed. I think it's fair to say you were a little bit nervous. Uh, you were thrown in at the deep end, so to speak, with a big spotlight above your head, which coincidentally is the, the title of this segment of the show, Spotlight. But being here this week, more attention, more interviews, how are we finding it all so far? Getting there, you know. Um, day by day, sort of taking it in my stride, but definitely getting a lot easier and looking forward to getting better at it. Like, I guess it's the same as anything, really. Like, No, no one jumps into a, a car and starts jumping through hoops or spinning donuts, you know, it's the same with anything. The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll feel. Do you feel, you know, that's something you're learning and you're learning to also be true to yourself in your answers and not put up too much of a front, which I think is important as well, isn't it? Yeah, I want to try give the people listening, like, what I'm about and be as natural as I can. But when I first come to you, I was trying to say the right answers, trying to say the best things possible. But, you know, getting a bit more natural with it now. And, yeah, it seems to be working. Well, the time is now. Uh, we're just a couple of days away now from the professional debut. You only get one. Um, I guess the question you've been asked all week is, is how's the mindset and just how excited, how are you feeling to, to finally be stepping through the ropes as a pro on Saturday night? Buzzing, you know. Trying to just remember what I'm here for is to win the fight. You know, this is all great. Getting the media, getting the getting to see the different fighters, you know, and seeing all, you know, Eddie Hearn walking around. It is good. It's exciting. But just remembering what I'm here to do and that's to get the job done because... I'm on the pathway to try win titles now. So, yeah, full focus is for that. How do you balance the, like you say there, the key is to win, but I guess there's part of you that wants to look good, that wants to win this fight inside the distance. How are you sort of weighing everything up in your mind at the moment as, as what is the most important element? You know, there's a lot going on. You know, I want to look good. I want to get the highlight reel knockout. I want to I want to have a good fight for the people coming to watch me. I want to make a name. So there's a lot to think about, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm in the ring and I know how to perform in the ring. So box to how I know, box to instruction. And that's what I'm focused on now. And hopefully the highlight reel knockout comes with that. One thing we always talk about, Aaron, to, to young fighters like yourself turning over is that word timing. You, you said that you felt you'd, you'd done all you could as an amateur in, in previous interviews. But when you look back now, can you look back with no regrets? Do you feel like everything's turned out just the way you always hoped it would do? Yeah, it's a bit surreal, you know, I'd, such a dream to be on a matchroom show and I, I always dreamed I could get here but it's better now once I'm here and it's mad to see myself on the posters and you know being amongst these fighters as well so no regrets on the amateur career I'm, I achieved a lot and I'm happy with what I achieved and 
I think doing what I did has put me in this position. I'm very fortunate and I want to want to keep the ball rolling now and this isn't the end. Well, it's just the beginning, certainly just the beginning. Scott, we were talking to Eddie about when he came to watch Aaron at the Commonwealth Games and I think he drove down in his roller, the big Rolls Royce, and uh, he Pro- said he couldn't... Probably get parked out the front. <laughs> he said he couldn't get out of the car park. People <laughs> were jumping all over his car, going mental, trying to drag him out of the car to get pictures with him. He said he could not believe... The atmosphere. I think you took about 400, right? Yeah, four or 500 were there for that wow. one, yeah. So what have you done for Saturday? How many are you expecting? I think about 300 Saturday, yeah. So, But, you know, there was four or 500 watching me, but the whole spectacle, there was people who I didn't know come in, so there could have been six, 700 then. I could. I don't normally hear the fans in the ring, but that was the first time I've heard them. Like, it was such a good buzz there. For those then, who, Aaron, who haven't seen much of you, obviously you've got a massive loyal banker support. What, what do you think they like watching about your fights the most. Obviously, you're a nice guy, and we spoke about that before, that the fans obviously like you. In terms of the fighting style, for those who are watching on the zone, those at the arena, and, and those who always come and support you, what do you think they like about Aaron Bowen fight nights? Do you know, I don't know. I, I just, I try to win. At, it's, it seems like a life or death thing for me. I really fight to the death, fight to the last bow. So I think people get behind that, and they see the sort of passion in the ring. You know, the loyal bank supporters, is, I'm, I'm always interacting with them. They're, they're like family to me, so I'm always out with them. I'm always around the area, sort of talking, shaking hands. So I think got a good like loyalty there. But like you say, with the fighting, I think just the exciting style. I like to box, and I always come to win. Obviously, every boxer does, but you know, I really try to bring it, and I'll fight to the last second. Like you said, the word loyalty there. We spoke to Akib Fiaz last week. Similar sort of thing to yourself. You know, in in his local area, he's built up that fan base. Being able to go down the street, shake the hands, and integrate. I think this is very, very key. We obviously saw it um, with someone like Ricky Hatton on a bigger scale. But having that community sort of feel and access, you know, it goes a long way and it breeds quite quickly, doesn't it? You know, because Johnny Fisher, a good, good example, we spoke about this before, you know, one of his mates will tell someone else and it becomes like a thing, you know, I need to go to an Aaron Bowen fight. So the fact you can tap into your local fan base, I guess from fight one, really. Yeah, that's, like you say, loyalty. Like, never forget where you're coming from, sort of. Yeah, thing. I sure. wanna I want to stay part of that commentary area, Midlands area, you know, I want to... I always go to the pub that they go to after when I fight. I don't obviously drink, but I'll go sing, dance with them, chat with them. Like that goes a long way, you know. Yeah. It does. It, it goes a long way. I mean, as a fan myself, you know, for for you to to do that, and if I was in part of that circle, it would mean a lot. I think, and I think that's probably where it, you know, it's, it stems from. How important is it, Aaron? Do you think to be level-headed like you are? I was talking to to Shiny, your coach, and and Errol Johnson as well, who's a big part of your camp. And he said, you know, family's everything to you, as well as your supporters, you know, who you say are like your family anyway. But, you know, you're around your family's house for, for roast dinners, I think he was saying, on the weekends. You know, that, that family life that you have can only leave you in, in good stead, right? Yeah, they've got my best interest and they wouldn't let me get too carried away. You know, it's nice to just sit around, uh, you know, either go around friends for dinner or or people that come to watch me, you know, go see them in the pub, chat with them for an hour, you know. I think if you can hear in the background some gunshot sound noises it's lee <laughs> we're wood. not in trouble we're not in trouble <laughs> no, first and foremost it's lee wood and ben davison going through a thursday morning pads routine which it sounds quite explosive nearly that time i think pat mccormack uh, has just rocked up as well so i think he's going through uh, a few of his paces just at the the public workout the first one for you yesterday aaron uh, it's an interesting experience i suppose getting in the ring with, with people watching you just go through your, your training regime more or less but Listening to Mauricio Lara, I think he turned a lot of heads. Were you there when, when he went through yeah. his session? Because talking about that word gunshots, um, that's how they sounded yesterday, wasn't he's it? Bang- you, you see the videos, but he's he's even better in person, isn't he? Like, it's just mad to watch. And like you see Pat and Lee Wood out there, this is such good for me experience for me. See what they go through on fight week and 
watching, but they all sound bloody strong, don't they? <laughs> beast, don't they? It's quite refreshing to see uh, Maurizio Lara actually really go through a proper pads routine at a workout. You know, some fighters just do a bit of shadow and obviously appreciate making weight and whatnot, but he seemed to really let his hands I go. I think he did that deliberately, right? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. kn- he knows Lee's watching him. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, an early, early warning sign he was trying to set out. Do you know one thing I was surprised about? The reception he got? He seemed to get a relatively pleasant reception from people, what I could see. People just respect yeah. good away fighters coming over, to be fair, and it kind of feels like that. You know, he's obviously beat... Josh Warrington and he's been here a couple of times since. I think people just appreciate and understand and I think you know that that word respect. How do you see it going, Aaron? I can't expect you know. I got I got Lara could stop Lee Wood early or Lee Wood. Yeah. He's just outside in the firing line. Um or I could see Lee Wood forcing the stoppage late. I do favour Lee Wood to win, but because of the Nottingham and uh, he's on a roll and you can't write Lee Wood off at all, can you? So that's my prediction. Yeah, Lee Wood late. I think that's the same with everyone. Just dividing opinion, isn't yeah. it? But but can't wait. We'll all find out what happens um, on Saturday night. How how active are you looking to be, Aaron? This year, this obviously this is the first. What you hope of many, I assume. What yeah. sort of conversations have you had with, with the team and Eddie as well? Busy as possible. Five five six fights. You know, as much as I can, as many shows as I can. You know, get my name out there, get my face out there. And in terms of the weight you're campaigning at, I think we had a bit of a, a funny interaction of. I sort of thought you were going to be a bit heavier and, you know, that's no disrespect, by the way. You're just big, Cheers. big for the weight. But uh, super middle, you're starting out at. Um, middle. Is, is, yeah. So yeah. this one's one, middle. 164, I've yeah, got yeah, on my Oh, is it? So yeah, is the plan yeah. to get down to 160 when, you, when you're moving into the 10 rounds? Yeah, so sort of trying to get near it now for the first couple. I'm not far off, to be honest. I was always sitting light as an amateur. So super middle is a bit easy. So, and they're big boys. They're big boys at all the weight. So you want to try and maximise what I've got. So... Middle seems all right for me at the minute, so I'm going to try middle, yeah. Aaron, we can't wait um, for the journey to get going. Great to catch up and, um, yeah, yeah, the uh, the start of a very exciting journey and we're all very much behind you. Great to catch up, mate. Cheers, mate. Delighted to be joined by Pat McCormack. Pat, welcome to the show. Nottingham Fight Week with Lee Wood. It seems like, although you've not been down in Essex in, in the Davidson camp for that long, you've got a tight bond with all the boys. How much... Do you feel the energy, the anticipation, the nerves when it is your friend, your stable mate involved in such a big fight like this? Yeah, unbelievable fight. Um, Lee's a true professional. He's uh, he's picked this fight and he's a dangerous fighter, Laura. And uh, Lee's went out and picked him, so it just shows uh, Lee's man- mindset. Um, I've been around Lee for um, a year now and just being around him and just watching him training, getting his mindset, it's good. he's a good person for me to be around because just with the lifestyle he lives and that, he's good. he's very good for me, so... Yeah, he's got to be around and I think he's going to do a job on Saturday night. Lee's been on a, a great run, certainly since he linked up with Ben, but still in some ways, I think, overlooked by many. Would you agree with that? Do you still think he's underrated at this level? Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's not got the the uh, credit he deserves. He's went out there and beat Conlon. Conlon was um, was amateur world champion, world bronze medalist. He was one of the he was one of the main men in the amateur boxing and Lee Woods come come through from the um, from the small hall shows, done it all the hard way, underdog mentality, and he's uh, he come through and he beat Conlon. So I've got nothing but respect for uh, Lee Wood after he uh, after he beat Conlon. To be honest, and even before Conlon, Zoo can people were saying he's a monster puncher, volume puncher. Lee wouldn't be able to keep up with it, and he ticked that box as well. Yeah, and he only had a, he only had six weeks' notice for that mm. fight. He got everything right in the gym and just put it on the line and he, and he come come away with a world title. I've been in around uh, the gym, watched Ben put the fighters, fighters through their paces. It's quite unique 
Um, he's big on scenarios, breaking the smallest little things down. And yeah. he keeps talking about scenarios in this fight. He keeps talking about how Styles make fights. He knows the scenarios are going to present themselves for, for Lee to get the knockout on, on Saturday night. What can you tell us about the scenarios working with Ben and, and how that sort of differs to other coaches you've worked with as well? Yeah, Ben likes to play out like little scenarios in the um, in the fight when this happens, when he does this, you do this, and he's just been drilling things with Lee Wood, and I think it's going to come into play in the fight, and I think uh, that's what's going to win the fight. All the all the drilling, all the scenarios, and uh, he's going to be confident on Saturday night. We can't wait to see what happens. All the questions will be answered, of course, live on the zone this Saturday night. Just a quick one for you, Pat. We finally announced the big show in Newcastle. A great opportunity for all you boys, for, for a lot of your friends that you've known for many years as well. And, and of course, yourself, March 18th, just to get the fight announced, to, to have this big opportunity in Newcastle, what does this mean to you? Yeah, buzzing with it. Um, I've been I've been uh, in the gym with all these lads, like Mark Dickinson, Cyrus Patterson, Callum French. Like I come up with all these in the gym, day in, day out. And we talked about um, boxing in the Metro Arena all together as pros, and now it's finally happened. And uh, I can't wait to just put it all on the line and just show everyone how good we are. And I know in your first fight, as a matchroom fighter, you weren't too happy with, with your opponent and Dino didn't really come to fight, was quite negative, perhaps didn't allow you to, to show what you're all about. But you got a good opponent uh, yeah. in Newcastle, Dario Sochi. I think he, he's taken decent fighters 12 rounds. He's done the championship distance. I think Troy Williamson, I think, stopped him in the 10th round of their fight. What do you know about him and why do you think this type of opponent will suit you better? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen much of him. Um, I know he's come forward... Quite slow feet. He, do, he doesn't go on the back foot, so he's going to play into my hands. Um, but before, before me last fight, I was spawn Troy Williamson. I was spawn other lads, and they all come forward fighters. So I was spawn them on the back foot. And then when I've come to box, this kid's just ran around, not committed to anything. It was a uh, very frustrating, but I was glad to get the six rounds in there because before that, I'd only have two two one and a half minute round fights. So it was good to get the six rounds in and. Um, it's going to be good experience for me next one. Well, like you say, this is only going to be your fourth professional fight, but so much talent. Look at You only have to look at the amateur career, what you achieved in the Olympics as well, of course. The names that you're mentioning, you'll feel deep down, Pat, you're not too far away from, from mixing it with these top domestic guys. No, definitely not. Just need to get, the, uh, get a few more rounds in, a bit of experience, and just ready to show everyone how good I am. Brilliant. Can't wait for that journey to continue. Let's throw over to Scott, who's got some, some shouts from the fans for the best things to happen in boxing last week. Over to you, Scott. Lewis Peterson jumps in straight away with, it feels like there's a resurgence in Northeast boxing. Are you the man to spearhead this charge? Yeah, well, like we just said there, Pat, so much talent coming through. You mentioned Cyrus, your brother as well, of course, uh, Frenchie, Mark Dickinson. Do you believe this is the next generation following on from, from the likes of Lewis Richardson? This is on you guys now to carry the torch forward? Yeah, 100%. Um, Lewis, at one point, Lewis Richardson was the only one that could headline a card in Newcastle. But now we've got Cyrus Patterson headlining. Obviously, I'm coming through, Mark Dickinson, Callum French, so there's going to be a few more head, the people that can headline shows in Newcastle, and there's going to be big shows in Newcastle uh, coming up, and Newcastle's got the best fans in the country, so exciting times ahead. Little shout-out to Lewis Ritson there. I know he's fighting uh, O'Hara Davis in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that one. Sam Walsh says, the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Sean McGoldrick winning the British and Commonwealth titles. It was good to see a good guy come through. Yeah, please for sure. Nice guy. Two domestic belts banked. I guess for you, Pat, like we talked about, do you want to do it the traditional way? Um, winning those domestic titles each tier at a time, is that the plan? Uh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, British title, Commonwealth, European, world, that's the way to do it. Um, and that's the way I'm look, looking to do it. British title first, but uh, just need to get a couple more fights, get a few more rounds under my belt and uh, we'll be ready to go. 
Well, no doubt you'll tick all those boxes. When we were recording a, a segment earlier on, we could hear you and your brother out in the hallway here um, going through your paces. Sounded like gunshots coming through the building. What is the latest with, with Luke? And um, I guess you two, no doubt, be, be looking to be a, a big part of a show together again soon. Yeah, 100%. Luke's been in the gym non-stop. He's been a gym rat. Um, and he's, he's got some good news last week, so hopefully um, you get to be getting some more good news in the future and we'll both be on the cards together, um, showing everyone they're not all power. 100%. It's funny, just um, you two are always together. I mean, just seeing the two of you roll up to the press conference as well, you know, I think we've spoke about it before, that the Burtley boys always carried that, that bit of swagger, you know, even when you'd go away, yeah. everyone always knew that, that Burtley was in town. It must be amazing for you really to be able to, to travel the world like you have done and, and still be side by side with Luke like you are yeah if I've got if I've got Luke by my side I don't need anyone else so I can go anywhere talk to anyone and uh, yeah hopefully he'll get a, get some good news very soon and Luke's got a knockout power in both hands he's been knocking people out in the gym stopping people with body shots in the gym and uh, yeah when he gets them eight ounce gloves on he's going to be dangerous trust us he's going to be dangerous well, great couple of fighters, great couple of characters. No doubt massive things to come from both of you, Pat, in the years to come. Final prediction then, Saturday night, method. What round are you, are you putting your, your house on it? What happens on Saturday night? Uh, if, I was, if, I was, if I was a betting man, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd probably put um, five to eight on Lee Wood. Knockout, flat on his face. Cannot wait. All, as I say, all the questions will be answered. Pat McCormack back in action in Newcastle next month. Tune in for this journey. It's going to be a special one. Pat, thanks so much for coming. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers. Well, thank you, as always, for listening to Flash Knockdown. Thanks, as always, to our guests as well. Bam Rodriguez, Cal Yafai, Liam Paro, Robbie Davis Jr., Pat McCormack, Aaron Bowen, and also producer Scott Hamilton. Scott, any, any final words from you this week? No, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also to Design. Yep. Very company answer. Um, but yeah, don't miss all the action live on the zone this weekend. Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara, top in the bill. Do not miss it. Thank you.